Hey, hey, insiders, and welcome back. It's been a busy few weeks, so let's all take a moment and take a quick deep breath. Now that we're all a little calmer, I'd like to welcome you to a really special episode in light of International Women's Day. Today, I have three of my colleagues bringing you some female perspective and power in this episode. I'll start with my co-host today, Natalie. So, hey, Nat, um, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, Jasmine, and hey, listeners. My name is Natalie Andrusik. I'm based in Toronto, Canada, and I'm a product marketing specialist um, within our Catalyst 9K and Access portfolio. And Alison, I'll come to you. Who are you and what do you do at Cisco? Hi, everybody. I am Alison Park. I lead product marketing here at Cisco for Cisco Enterprise Wireless, switching our Cat 9K portfolio, as well as DNA Center and DNA Spaces. I'm so happy to be here today. Cool. Great to have you, Alison. And last but not least, we have Leela. Leela, I'll come to you. Who are you and what do you do at Cisco? Hi, everyone. My name is Lila Russo. I'm a technical solutions architect. I've been with Cisco for 20 years. I work mostly with enterprise networks technologies as well as multi-domain. Great to have you, ladies. I'm super excited for our topic today, which is a great segue for me. And today we'll be talking about how Cisco has worked diligently to move from a hardware company to now a software company and the steps that we are taking with our solutions to provide that experience for our customers. So let's take a step back and start at the beginning. Leela, I hear that you have a pretty fascinating story in how you got your networking career started. Can you tell us more about your story and what makes you jump out of bed when it comes to networking? So yes, thank you. So obviously I'm not from Canada, although I live in Canada, I am from Argentina. I studied at the University of Buenos Aires and I actually started my networking journey there. I worked at the university for several years. And at the time, internet connectivity, believe it or not, was only dial-up. And that was not just for the universities so at the country level. So I was so lucky and so fortunate to be part of the group that connected the first high-speed lease line to the internet, one of the two first available in the country. And that high speed was 64K. So that's what was considered high speed at the time. And obviously we're using Cisco routers. So that was where my passion with the Cisco routing and switching technology started. And at the time, the main objective was always about connectivity, having more bandwidth, more speeds and feeds, and connectivity was the key. I actually, for many years, delivered presentations about speeds and feeds and talking about packet walks. But things are changing. Things are changing. We still want to provide connectivity. Obviously, that's one of the key things that we do. But we are shifting conversations. Customers care about are really changing. We are now talking about different things automation, visibility, security, location services. And not only that, customers care about us are all about as a service technologies and models. And th those are top of mind for both customers and partners. So my story isn't nearly as cool or remarkable as Leela's, but I remember when I just started my career here at Cisco and I was just a couple months in and we were about to launch that Cat9K switching platform and DNA center. 
And this was the biggest networking announcement we had made as a company in over a decade and really bringing automation and our intent-based networking vision to life. And this was such a key milestone to really break away from our traditional campus networking. So it's crazy even for me to see how fast things have evolved from a technology industry standpoint in just such a short time. Now, suddenly we're seeing this big shift and a need going from the new network to this new normal, which of course we know there's nothing normal about, but this has really posed all kinds of new challenges and complexities for organizations. And I think this year has really been a bit of a wake up call in the sense that, you know, organizations need to be prepared for disruption at any given time and in ways that we may not even realize are possible. Natalie, you're so right. When we first launched Cat9K, we were talking about this digital transformation and how the network is a foundation for our customers to go on that journey. And we've seen progress. We've definitely seen lots of progress. But this last year, it's that progress, I feel, was exponential. And I feel it in just as a simple example of being able to order ahead in my favorite restaurants. I think maybe two years ago or three years ago, there were maybe a couple restaurants that were doing this. And this was more of these, you know, larger chains. And now even our mom and pop shops are doing it. They need to do that to survive. And all of that, yes, you know, you have app developers, a lot of things on the application side. But in order to do all of that, you need the network. And it's amazing to see how Cisco technology is helping the smallest businesses to the largest businesses of the world go through this transformation. That's so interesting that you say that, Allison, because your example is really valid. And now let me take that and apply it to what we're talking about today and our examples about how our solutions are helping organizations secure their network to campus and branch networks. How is this Catalyst 9K portfolio helping to ensure that? And how can that help with automation and network management for organizations? Yeah, so let's go back to the CAD 9K launch in 2017. For me, in my opinion, that really changed the way we design our campus and branch networks. Uh, think about it. We are shifting from, from a hardware model to a software model. We're introducing new ways of designing networks with software-defined access that takes us to the next level when we talk about segmentation and user-based policy. And on top of that, we are moving to a software-defined environment in campus and branch with the DNA Center controller. And the other thing that we are that we've seen with this uh, Cat9K launch is something that customers have asked for many, many years, and that's the unification of the portfolio. Cat9K Switches was the first part of the portfolio towards that unification. Eventually, we added the wireless LAN controllers, the access points, all under the same umbrella of Cat9K same operating system with Cisco IOS XE and the, the single management and automation and insight platform, which is DNA Center. And in the end, this really helps our customers for what they've been asking for, which is simplicity, automation and reduction of operational expenses. 
in Lila, it's, it's a journey for our customers, right? Because networks are complex because it is connecting so many different things and users and the devices they use and everything is getting connected. And you can't just one day turn on a tool and expect it to manage that large, complex thing. Can you give us an example of customers that you've seen have done maybe a positive transition? Yes, for sure. So DNA Center has many roles in the network. Customers are looking at DNA Center for automation purposes. We can very easily onboard devices in the networks. We have a very big customer here in Canada refreshing the infrastructure, the wireless infrastructure in this case. So we can leverage workflows that allows us to move from older access points to newer access points, workflows to maintain the infrastructure up to date with software. Also, we can leverage the visibility. So this customer is very interested in the Wi-Fi 6 dashboard, which allows us to have a view of the status of the network. So what access points are ready for Wi-Fi 6? How many clients I have leveraging Wi-Fi 6? Also, when we start moving towards Wi-Fi 6, we can start having metrics on how good is Wi-Fi 6 compared to previous um, versions of Wi-Fi infrastructure. Same thing with PoE. PoE analytics is something that resonates a lot with customers. Uh, Power over Ethernet is key for any IoT unification infrastructure. So being able to have a single dashboard that shows me uh, how many clients are using different IEEE versions of uh, power over Ethernet? Uh, what is the power consumption in our, in our switching infrastructure? Do I need to worry or do I need to upgrade the power available? Uh, do I have like PoE? We have advanced PoE capabilities like fast PoE, for example. Is my infrastructure leveraging those features and functionalities? Before it would require customers to go into the CLI and check every single switch. Now everything is unified in a single dashboard. So customers are finding a lot of ways to really leverage all this powerful information that is being provided by DNA Center. Right. And I've also heard customers tell us that DNA Center is powerful because it brings in a lot of functions together. So for example, you have the traditional network operators definitely utilizing DNA Center with all the things that Leela just talked about, but also you bring in the SecOps team because DNA Center can provide the policy-based security features that are related to the CAT9K and the access portfolio, but DNA Center can also do that. And then you have DevOps team and all the AI ML capabilities that DNA Center has. Now it's also bringing in the new thing people are calling AI ops and bringing that across the board for all of the teams. So it's such a powerful tool. So we're seeing these innovations with, within our switches and our broader portfolio. So how are things like assurance, automation, and the new wireless standard affecting the way organizations are rethinking their networking strategy? So right now, it's all about being able to support that hybrid work model and a distributed workforce, right? 
you have some organizations that are in the process of reopening their offices for their employees and guests, but others will be required or will still choose to work from home. I'm not choosing to work from home, but uh, I'm I'm been working from home for almost a year now. So that's exactly where the network comes in. You need that foundation and infrastructure to enable a consistent employee or guest experience, regardless of where the user resides. And also, you know, the ability to deliver things like insights and analytics, remote troubleshooting for IT. These things are all becoming even more top of mind after the year that we've had and the changes that COVID has brought us when it comes to the workplace. And I like how you use the word rethinking in the question, rethinking the network strategy. So if you think about it, our customers, what they really, really care about are three things. One is providing the best user experiencing when accessing resources in the network, doing so in a secure fashion, and doing so without compromising operational costs, right? Those are the three things. And what better way to accomplish all these things than to leverage what we call our multi-domain architecture? When we look back at phase one, we started phase one of this approach. We started delivering software-defined architecture in different domains. So looking at data center, we have ACI. Looking at the campus and branch, we have software-defined access. Looking at the wide area network, we have SD-WAN. So and in phase three, what we are going to have is this end-to-end automation capability that will allow us to provide policy configuration and have visibility across all these three domains. So in the end, this is really about rethinking the infrastructure. This is about the real digital transformation. Yeah, and you know, Lila, you know, when we're talking about transformation, I think another good example of this is around this whole concept of smart buildings and ultimately what makes a smart building smart. That conversation has really changed too, because what used to be mainly a narrative around cost savings or lighting and HVAC is now, you know, largely focused on space utilization, location analytics for employees, things like hoteling and hot desking. And we're really seeing the lines becoming totally blurred with IT and OT and even extending to real estate when we talk about redesigning the workplace. So there's really a lot of new elements to consider. Yes, definitely. The positive news around vaccines are stirring up a lot of questions about how do we safely return to the office for those of us who are still working from home. But we do also have to remember that there are a lot of employees and uh, workplaces that had to stay open. And there are a lot of people there. You know, there's two aspects of preparing our network and rethinking, but a lot of customers have already started that journey. A recent survey we did said for people like us, right, Natalie, 58% of workers said they'll probably work eight or more days a month from home, which means that 98% of meetings will include at least one remote participant. We're really used to that at Cisco here because I'm in Northern California. Natalie and Leela, you guys are in Canada. We're so used to it, but I don't think that is the case for a lot of our customers. And that trend is what's making our customers rethink the network and the infrastructure. So we can definitely continue to expect not only changes within our workforce, but even the workplace, which is something we talk about in one of our previous episodes. So because everything from our campuses to branches to people is so distributed, is there an easy way to manage this switching portfolio and other Cisco appliances? 
digital transformation, as we said in the beginning, has accelerated, which means that works are getting more complex. And being able to manage our Cat 9K portfolio in a smart way for our customers has become more critical. And DNA Center as our on-prem solution that brings Cat 9K capabilities to be easily managed is critical. And we recently released a major release with DNA Center 2.1.2. It has really innovative features like AI endpoint analytics, user-defined network, and machine reasoning. All help, all at the end of the day helps devices run faster or users to have a better experience of their network or IT to have a better experience uh, managing our network. So there's a really great blog by my coworker Vivek that's on blogs.cisco.com. So please go check it out and uh, check out our key features. And I'm hearing that our customers are loving these new features. So it's really great to get that feedback from customers. So with more and more changes that are going on and occurring within the workforce and the workplace, can you tell me more about specific solutions that organizations can adopt today to ensure a safer workplace environment? We have a solution called DNA Spaces here at Cisco that utilizes our wireless infrastructure to do location services. And the DNA Spaces team, after the COVID-19 happened, and we all started to work from home, but also started to think about going back and also saw that some customers were still, as I mentioned, working, uh, launched a few apps within DNA Spaces that helps our customers depending on the industry, to still safely work together. So as an example, WPR can alert you of announcements regarding safety as soon as you step inside a building, or the network can tell WPR when it might be time to clean a room because there has been a few people or a few meetings in a specific room. However, the capacity or the rules are within the building. And if, for example, a floor or a building has certain capacity, and if it's exceeding that threshold, WPR is alerted and they can put in measures so that everyone is working safely together. Yes, DNA Spaces is a great tool to help us figure out how the space is utilized. So it's used for many, many purposes and it can really help when organizations are thinking of going back to the office with applications like Allison was mentioning, the Right Now application and the Proximity app, which all live in DNA Spaces. And the good news is that there, there's going to be very soon in version of DNA Center 2.2 and above integration between DNA Spaces and DNA Center. So all the work that we put in DNA Center of creating maps and network hierarchy, all that is shared with DNA Spaces. And all the location that is being calculated by DNA Spaces is shared back with DNA Center. So we can see more and more of these synergies between platforms. So again, they can cooperate to give the best value to customers. Another great feature that DNA Spaces has is related to the safer environment, but also related to smart building. And I know there was a podcast on the topic of smart building, but DNA Spaces definitely helps in looking at IoT devices and how they're connected and IoT devices and analytics from IoT devices too. So it expands even from just these safety apps to asset tracking and customer engagement. So it's such a powerful tool. One of the examples with DNA Spaces and 
a lot of our healthcare customers have started um, to use it is with asset management and device tracking. So we've learned from doctors and nurses that they spend so much time looking for things, looking for medical devices, whether that's a portable x-ray machine or just a simple iPad that they need to go look up patient charts. And with DNA spaces, it's really easy for them to track where these devices are. So it's an inventory, but as well as finding it at the right time. So it's helping our healthcare professionals as a product marketer, I am so excited to know that the products that we work on is helping our medical community and in these difficult times. Alison, so that, that's a great that's a great example. And for the last few minutes, we've been talking about very interesting topics like automation and location services with DNA spaces and insights and analytics. Uh, but I always want to make sure we emphasize that all of this is really possible if the infrastructure can support all those capabilities. And that's why the, the launch of the CAT9K switching first and then adding the wireless infrastructure with the CATLIS 9800 and the 9100 access points is the actual infrastructure that makes this possible. Is the infrastructure that makes this possible. And sometimes this is hard to accomplish with the older legacy infrastructure. So it's definitely been a big year. So without spilling too much of the tea, can you tell me a little bit more about the future and where the company is headed next from a networking perspective? Well, you'll just have to wait and see, but we do have Cisco Live just around the corner at the end of March. Of course, we're going virtual this year, but we do have some really exciting announcements and sessions in the works that I think our customers and partners can look forward to. Without giving too much away, it's going to be a bit of a game changer in terms of where Cisco is headed on our own networking journey. And you're going to see that, especially in the smart building space, where we're starting to step outside of our kind of traditional niche hardware and software space and partnering with some of these key industry players, as well as some new innovations within our access portfolio while we're supporting this hybrid work model. So make sure you check it out. But who knows what the rest of 2021 will bring us. I'd like to think a lot of us will be getting back to the office. I know I'm anxious too, but I think we're definitely still going to be seeing that split for the foreseeable future. And ultimately, a secure modern network is going to be a key driver to support this. Yep, Natalie uh, and listeners, you'll hear more about trusted workplace and smart buildings from us and conversations we're having with individual customers that we've been having. We'll bring that to Cisco Live. And of course, like Natalie said, some innovations within our Cat9K portfolio. I am so excited. I need to contain myself and not reveal anything in this podcast because we still have about 30 days to go. So stay tuned. That's so cool. I'm definitely going to register for Cisco Live right after this, after hearing all the excitement that you guys have. But that sadly wraps up our time today. So I just want to take a moment and thank our speakers for giving us such great insight to this info on today's conversation. And thank you, insiders, for hanging with us today. Be sure to subscribe to us to stay updated with new episodes. And if you'd like to learn more, take a peek at cisco.com slash go slash cat 9k and more resources will be listed in the show notes. Well, that's it for us. And until we get back into the network, ciao and stay safe.